Welcome to the Game Deflators podcast, season two, episode six. I am joined by our co-host, Ryan. Hey, everybody. So here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games that we've recently picked up, games that we're playing, and then at the end, we always go into our Game Deflation Inflation Challenge, where we pick a game from John's collection and decide if it's currently worth the market value or if that game's inflated. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, so just a heads up, this week's episode has been brought to you by James uh, of our Facebook page, also with the Game Deflators. Uh, Our computer here that we record on has been screwed up for quite some time now, and James came through and fixed it. All right, so getting into it, um, let's talk about some recent pickups. Uh, I know you have a few, I have a few. It's been about a week since we we recorded. I'm now newly married, so there was a whole week of marriage stuff that went on, hence why we missed a week. You're welcome. Uh, Yes, that's true. Ryan officiated everything. So uh, my recent pickups uh, this week. So did some garage sales, haven't done that in quite some time, was pretty much striking out the whole day, and then uh, ended up at this one guy's house that I guess he bought a storage unit, and I saw in his picture for the garage sale a couple Super Nintendo games. I'm like, screw it. Let me go down there. Maybe there's something good. I get there, he's got a milk crate filled with a ton of Xbox 360 games, an Xbox 360 Slim. It's actually a Trinity version, so it has the uh, HDMI on the back. And uh, he had a few Wii games. So the Wii games are actually a gem of the pickup. But uh, overall, I got everything uh, for 20 bucks. Uh, I picked up three Super Nintendo games. They're all sports games, but they're carts. So I think I can use them as donors if I want to do any sort of um, you know modification for a different title. Um the 360 came with uh, two AC adapters, obviously the console itself. Looks like it was dropped quite a few times, and the HDMI port is actually blown out because somebody like stuck a knife in there or something. But the VGA works, and I can output via a component. So uh, my choices are right now to play a few games on it and get rid of it, or just get rid of it and then put a little extra money towards an actual 360. Um, but those aren't the gems of the collection. So... As I'm there, I ask him if he has any more games, and he says, yeah, I think I have some Wii games. So I start looking around. I picked up a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game on the Wii, and then I also picked up uh, Muramasa Demon Blade, which is a $20 game. And uh, I got everything together, and I'm like, how much? And he says, well, $15 for the Xbox, a dollar a piece on all the games you have. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll do that. I asked if he had any more Wii games, and he said, oh, I got one more, but I'm going to sell it on eBay. The guy pulls out a copy of Tomb Raider Anniversary Collection on the Wii. Clearly like a 5 or $6 game. So I'm sitting there with this Muramasa in my hand going like, all right, man, that's cool. Like, you can sell your game on eBay. And uh, yeah, I mean, pretty stoked for that pickup. I already have Muramasa, so a lot of this is just going to be a matter of, and I hate to say it because I, I do it occasionally, but I'm going to go ahead and just flip some of this stuff, get my money back, and then put it towards uh, another 360 because I actually don't own one. So uh yeah, we'll see how this all goes. Did you have anything this week? Yeah, those are those are some great deals. I mean, you're always able to go out and find, you know, people that don't really know the value and think they know the value of certain things. But, uh, you know, if you guys got some stuff out there, you know, that you're not sure what it's worth, you can feel free to send it to John and he'll totally give you a dollar a piece for him. Yeah, that's correct. Actually, uh, and then I got that PS3 controller for five bucks, too. And that works. Yeah, but right. speaking of good deals for about a dollar, I was on the Switch eShop this week, 
or last week rather, checking out some things. I always like to go into the deals tab just to see what's in there. And I picked up some decent stuff. I picked up three games for under $4. Uh, the first one I picked up was Sparkle 3 Genesis for $0.49 cents on the eShop. And it's not like a super great game or anything, but it's it's kind of like if you've ever played uh, Flow, which was uh, like a browser game that I used to love back in the day. It's one of those ones where you know you start off as like a small amorphous amoeboid and kind of go around and eat other small amorphous amoeboids and then as you grow you get like various appendages and stuff this one has a little bit of rpg stuff thrown in uh just to give it a little bit of depth but i mean for 49 cents like even the 15 minutes i played on it you know that was worth the price of entry there and it's easily something that i can see myself being able to go back to since i have it digitally anytime i want i could just kill a few minutes doing that and then the other ones, uh, I haven't actually checked out yet, but they sound pretty promising. Uh, I picked up Bulb Boy, which I've never played, still haven't played it yet, but Sweet. it was a dollar fifty. Did you say Bulge Boy? Bulb, like a he's he's like a guy with a light bulb head. It looks like it's kind of got like a kind of creepy, cartoony art style to it, which kind of intrigues me. But it was a dollar fifty-two, and it's got a nine out of ten on Steam. So nine out of ten on Steam for a buck fifty-two. That's probably worth the price of checking out there. And the PC Master Race is very critical of games, so nine out of ten on Steam is probably pretty good. Yeah, exactly. And then the last one I picked up, I think it's Gosha. It's G O E T I A. And when I looked it up, it's based off of a like book of demonology that was written like way back in the day. That's what like Gosha or Gotia refers to but it's a point and click adventure game that has kind of like some spooky looking elements to it again nine out of ten on steam 15 bucks on steam i picked it up for a dollar and nine cents so three games under four dollars in the deals tab two of them nine out of tens on steam i mean i'm so confident in the switch being my new like main platform just because I was talking to somebody this week it's like I've had so much more fun with these under $20 titles that I've been picking up on Switch than going out and buying another you know full-fledged AAA $60 game that I might spend you know 20 30 hours with and then give up on except for red dead red dead is still amazing and i still love every moment of red dead i'm playing but another thing that i picked up that i've been really waiting like ever since i got my switch i've been like okay when is Supergiant gonna get on switch because bastion amazing transistor i bought on a friend's ps4 when i was living with them and it's just a great fun game with some really interesting gameplay mechanics and I had just kind of learned a little bit of the depth about them by the time I gave up on the game the first time because that game seems like it's all about getting into the new game plus you've got a mechanic where you go into combat and you can stop time to plan out like some turn-based moves or you can try to in real time just kind of freewheel around and you have all these different abilities uh attacks 
and some uh, other like convert an enemy into an ally or uh, dash or different abilities like that. But the game really gets crazy because you can go in and you can modify any of those abilities with the abilities of others. So you could take the dash and put that on uh, the laser beam and then you can use the laser beam even when you wouldn't be able to normally after you use your turn-based plan. So it's like once you get into New Game Plus, you start picking up doubles of all these abilities, and it gets really crazy because you always want to incorporate these abilities in all these different unique mechanical ways to really do some cool stuff. And then once you get the ability to be like, well, I wish I could do this and this. Well, now you can once you get through the New Game Plus. So I think this will be a great game to be able to, take along and you know play you know like an hour a week spread out over time and really get into like some late game new game plus territory where you're like doing all the crazy stuff that your mind thinks you'd be able to throw together by the end of uh, your first playthrough and that was 16 bucks or something totally fair price totally worth the price of a mission super giant is a great uh, studio, uh, and I think it's I think it's great that some of these Steam games and some of these older titles that you know I first saw in like the Xbox Live Arcade are finding their home on the Switch and giving people like a real good budget way to play fantastic new games and fantastic retro you know modern titles. Yeah, man, that's something that I, I have noticed on the Switch and a lot of previous Nintendo consoles as well, um, like the Wii and the Wii U, is just a lot of those budget indie older titles that have been on PC for a while just somehow make their way to these Nintendo consoles. It's, I guess, in a sense, like shovelware. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they just do pretty well on the console itself. Um, one thing, I mean, we haven't brought this up yet, but the recent pickup for the two of us, uh, mutual pickup, in a sense, is let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee. So I got Pikachu because, well, the wife would not have it any other way, and then Ryan got the shit end of the stick and he's playing Eevee. Um, I also got, that's true, it could be different, we got a battle later. Uh, I ended up getting the Pokeball Plus in addition to it, which is actually a pretty interesting piece of equipment, so I'll have to bring that up when we're talking about it. Um, Do you want to break it down first since you're not as far as me or should i start i mean i don't care really i mean i want to be the best you know there ever was so i'll go ahead and start off here all right so what you think that i think that it's um it's really it's really good i i was really excited for this because i've picked up every pokemon game that's come out except for the sun and moon because Every generation of Pokemon, I played less and less. Like, uh, Sapphire was my favorite. And in the remake of Sapphire on 3DS, I think I played like three or four hours of it because I was just like, man, I remember loving this so much. And it's like, man, I'm just really doing the same thing all over again. And it looks beautiful, but it's like there's only so much tackling I can do for the first five levels. And... You know, I kind of dropped out of Pokemon Go pretty early on. I mean, I got my steps in. I earned my miles, but 
I just, I was not really into it. Like, I was so excited for it to be the next level of Pokemon, and it just disappointed me. So as soon as I learned about this, I was like, not super interested in the let's go aspects of it as much as I was interested in just seeing, okay, I love the way that the Pokemon art style has evolved over time, but I really want to go back to Kanto. I want to walk around. I want to see it in 3D. I want to see, you know, what the heck is going on with Hiker Anthony and what he's really supposed to look like while you go to Mount Moon or, you know, see, um, see a 3D Professor Oak being like, who's my grandson? <laughs> so, you know, there's like, there's a lot of nostalgia pulling me towards it. And the more that I've been playing the game, the more I'm ready to embrace getting away from the nostalgia. Because we were talking about it a little earlier. I'm not into the, you know, just catching the Pokemon and not having the ability to do like a Nuzlocke challenge or the ability to just kind of grind out your Pokemon in battle like it seems a little bit too simple, just throwing the Pokeballs, catching Pokemon, all your Pokemon gain experience. But on the other hand, I just, I know that I am not into the idea of tackling and growling and tackling and scratching my way up to level 15 again. Like, it's just so easy and the mechanics work so well. And I really feel like, there's a lot to be said about what people wish they want to happen and what actually makes sense in today's, you know, gaming environment. Like, there's so many games coming out and I would love to be able to finish this game and I feel like being able to just get experience for everyone in my party while catching... Pokemon and the whole process takes like, you know, 10 seconds. You can build up combos so that you can, you know, shiny hunt or find stronger Pokemon and stuff like all that. That expedition is really something that I think is a strong suit, despite what I thought I was going to want and despite what I think is setting appropriate within the universe itself. Yeah, and I agree with a lot of your statements, man. Uh, during my time playing it so far, and then um, so those that think that Ryan might be the very best, I'm currently on the SSN talking to the captain. Uh, Ryan, on the other hand, hasn't even beat Misty. So just going to bring that up. Uh, <laughs> so right now uh, in the game, I think... God, man, it's been so long since I played Pokemon Red, so I don't, I don't know where to gauge like what level I should be at right now. Maybe I should pop open an old strategy guide. Well, I know I just beat Brock, and that gives you Pokemon up to level twenty will obey you. Yeah. So no, is it level twenty? Okay, yeah. And Misty's up to level thirty. So right now in the SSN, I want to say my Pikachu is like level twenty four, and I've already got Wartortle, Charmeleon, and Ivysaur, along with a Gloom. And Mew, because I got the Pokeball Plus, uh, so it came with Mew. And can I ask a question real quick? Huh. So I haven't gotten that far. Um, can your Pokemon hold items in this game? You know, I honestly haven't tried because I'm wondering. Like, I haven't seen any kind of like item drops, like for Quick Claws or anything like that. And also, um, 
Can you still prevent your Pokemon from evolving? Uh, well, I haven't tried to prevent my Pokemon from evolving. Um, so I would assume that maybe I haven't really looked into that yet. I know for a fact right now that I haven't even tried to hold an item. I can give it a shot. I haven't seen an option for it yet. Uh, but it could be that I just haven't picked up that item. Because that's one of those things that I always kind of toyed around with as uh, you know, a kid and stuff playing the games. It's like, well, you know, if I keep it a Bulbasaur, it'll learn some of these abilities at like a much earlier level. That way you don't have to grind out the levels as much, but they're going to be ultimately weaker because they don't have the stat improvements. But with the way the candy system works in this game to where you can just kind of pump their stats up anyways... And the fact that you don't have to take hours and hours and hours to grind out the fighting, like, I feel like preventing your Pokemon from evolving or being able to give them an Everstone to hold so that you don't have to worry about it could be a way to kind of like, all right, I'm just going to run out and catch uh, some Pokemon and grind it up to the rest of my party. And you could do that process like in a couple hours as opposed to a couple dozen hours. Yeah, I honestly, I haven't dabbled too much into the mechanics on the back end, like, you know, like an Everstone or anything like that. I haven't even honestly tried. Um, I can tell you, though, on the grinding perspective, uh, from what I've learned, the correct combinations do what we were discussing, combos, right, to get rare Pokemon, but then also uh, using lures, because lures bring in rare Pokemon. So, like, right now, I've got, like, two or three Chanseys, for example, like, just right off the bat. So I got, like, a level 13 or 14 Chansey. Um, I was starting to level it up, but then I got Squirtle, and now my party's kind of... You found those in Mount Moon, right? No, I actually found those just out in a, in a random, like, field on, like, one of the routes okay. uh, by the daycare. See, that's one thing that I also kind of like about this game is they went ahead and changed up, like, what you can find where. So it's like, I remember I was on my way to to the Viridian Forest, and I was in Viridian City, and um, I actually spent a couple minutes. I really think that this game would have benefited from... I mean, in the first Pokemon game, you run into that sleepy old man, and he teaches you how to catch Pokemon, and that was all, all a part of like the Missing No exploit. There's no old man teaching you how to catch Pokemon in a game that is its primary mechanic is catching Pokemon. And I feel like that was like something they removed that they shouldn't have removed because it makes a lot of sense to keep that in there. Well, I mean, they had professor Oak. I mean, and one thing that I screwed up on, this isn't Ash and Gary. This is like two kids that live in pallet town. Like it might as well be red and blue. Yeah. Well, red and blue are in the game. Uh, blue. Oh, they are? Yeah. Blue is Gary and uh, spoiler alert. Sorry, but blue is in the game and he's Gary. So I named my characters Ash and Gary thinking, oh, it's a young Gary and young Ash. It'll be pretty cool. These are updated graphics. I named my rival John. Did you really? Yeah. Did you name yourself Ryan? No, I always play as a girl character and I named my character Lyra. Oh, so, so your rival really is John. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I, <laughs> I assumed that you were going to be doing the same thing. We didn't talk about this beforehand, but I, w I should have done that. But no, so I went under. Why don't you just restart and then I'll be the best there ever was because I'll be farther. No, I've gotten too many Pokemon now. So um, yeah, no. So I put Ash and Gary and I'm going through and it's like, you know, and, and the guy that's, you know, supposed to be Gary for me goes Professor Oak. He's like, yeah, I'm your grandson or whatever. I'm like, oh, OK, cool. Then we come across like later on and all of a sudden out of the blue comes blue. And it looks just like Gary. I'm like, son of a bitch. So I renamed it Ash and Gary, knowing 
that there's an Ash and Gary out there. So now I got doppelgangers running around <laughs> playing Pokemon. So, or catching Pokemon. So that's where I am right now with that. But, uh, no, dude, like as far as a grinding perspective goes, I actually kind of like this because it gets me more engaged in the catching of Pokemon versus the super intensive stuff I used to hate as a kid. Like, Oh God, another battle. Oh God, another random encounter. Like that type of stuff as a kid was just boring. Now it's like, Oh crap. There's a, you know, a Growlithe running around. Let me go chase it and catch it. Like, I can avoid Rattatas. Like, I can avoid Pidgeys. Like, I don't have to catch them if I don't want to. I can catch anything I want. I can use lures, avoid certain encounters, and not have to worry. Like, I can progress through the game without all these stupid random encounters and catch when I want to catch and grind. And so, uh, right now, on the SSN, like I said, I'm level 24 with my Pikachu, and everything else is fluctuating around 22 and 20 right now. I think my Gloom is actually higher than my Pikachu, funny enough. And um, so far, I can tell you, I've only put in about seven hours of gameplay in this game. So I'm not sure where to gauge it from previous play-wise, but I think that I have gotten to where I am right now in a game with as high of level of Pokemon as I have at a much faster pace than playing it on the Game Boy. No, yeah, I, I totally feel that. Like, I'm... You know, I beat Brock, and I mean, I spent like a little extra time just kind of trying to play around with the combo mechanic. Um, when you go into Viridian Forest, there's a girl there who says she heard about some Bulbasaur in the area, and I had looked up some of these mechanics ahead of time. So I went ahead and just ground out catching 10 Caterpies to get my combo up, and then I ran into a Bulbasaur. And I was like, perfect, you know, that works the way... I was told it would work and assumed it would work and it didn't take, you know, more than 10 minutes all said and done. But it's like I was at like level 13 with my Eevee by the time I even got to Brock. And I mean, I slew half his gym with the level five Bulbasaur that I just got. And it's like there is something to say about this being, you know, a not mainstream Pokemon release like we're all still waiting for that first Pokemon release that's going to come out on Switch that's going to be like the next like this is what Pokemon's going to be from here on out and I feel like this is a wonderful proving ground for Nintendo to test some ideas and you know put some feelers out there to see how the community is going to react to the new mechanics and the new changes and I love that but I feel like there's got to be some kind of healthy balance out there because, I mean, thematically, the whole thing of Pokemon, you know, being companions and friends and allies and the reliability and all the stuff that the anime kind of pushed that, you know, the Pokemon games haven't necessarily pushed. But, I mean, there's the whole fan theory about uh, Gary's Raticate, you know, dying and stuff and it's like that's why he's not in the party later on and it's like you know there's there's still kind of those those moments in the games like there's the pokemon uh graveyard and there's there's various things like that throughout the series and i would like to see a game that can maybe balance the catching and easier ways to get experience but then also go with the idea that hey i nicknamed this you know, Caterpie that I caught and I want this Caterpie to become a Butterfree, but 
it's like a CP15 and I just ran into a CP30 and, you know, it's objectively a better Pokemon than the one that I have. Like, and I also haven't seen traits in this one. Have you? No, I haven't seen anything trait-wise uh, that I've noticed. But, I mean, I, like I said, man, I've just been grinding through catching Pokemon and battling at this point, just kind of really enjoying what I'm doing. Like, I haven't gotten super technical. I probably should, because if we're going to be battling against each other, I should probably make sure I'm powered up. I'm not I'm not that that high up there. I, I just want to be the best Cubone trainer in the world. That's all I want. I've yet to see a Cubone, unfortunately. Yeah, well, we'll get there once we get to Lavender Town. Maybe Vale died with its mother. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, another thing that I think is, like, I can see a future of Pokemon going in a direction where, like, I've always been a fan of RPGs where you can see the enemies on the screen and choose to engage or not. So I like that aspect. And I think that maybe upping the idea of trainer battles being a more important thing could be a better idea. Like, maybe make it so there's some kind of balance in there. Like, if you have to go into your menu and pull out a berry, and throw the berry to the wild Pokemon, and then throw the Pokeball, you know, why not just have the battle sequence, but your trained Pokemon do exceptionally well against the other Pokemon, so you could still go out, attack, do damage, you're not trying to kill the other thing, because you still want to catch it, and then have, like, the amount of damage weaken it, so that you can catch it like in the older ones, but like with just one attack as opposed to, you know, having to use a berry, which might as well be a super effective attack at that point. Like they're achieving the same goal and you could keep up that same rapid pace and then you could just have like trainer battles weighted for more experience so that you can still feel like you're actually training as opposed to just gosh, man, I just blew through 50 Pokeballs grinding. Got to go to the store by, like, the Pokemon, you know, economy in this game is outrageous. Like, who needs to catch anything? Like, for the price of these Pokeballs, you could probably just go out and trade for, like, something good, I'd imagine. Yeah, that dude, like, the cost of Pokeballs, I don't know if it... God, I don't remember it being like this in the old game, but they're super expensive. It's I haven't bought any because it's like... Every time I beat somebody, I get three. I started off with 50, and... I mean, I've got a lot. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But, yeah, when I need to buy some Pokeballs, like, I've had to buy some Great Balls and such. Um, yeah, those have been expensive. They're, like, 300 a pop. I don't, I don't remember like what it on, used to be. I think I'm sitting on, like, twelve or 13,000 right now in money. Um, you know, one thing, though, if you haven't had it happen to you yet, is I've had the issue of I'm in the process catching a Pokemon... It pops out. I'm like, all right, let me get a berry. So I throw it a berry. Right after I throw out the berry, it runs. I'm like, what the hell? I haven't had anything run oh, yeah, yet. Just, just wait until it runs. Like, it's such BS, dude. Like, my thought would be you throw it a Pokeball, it escapes, and then it runs. So say, for example, you have your, uh, you throw a Pokeball, it escapes the first time, and it's just sitting there. If you walk away, I think there's a potential for it to just bolt while you're not looking at your screen, which is pretty cool in that sense, but it kind of pisses me off when I use a berry on a Pokemon, and right after it eats, it's like, all right, you fed me, I'm going to run. Well, and that's another thing to argue for kind of what I was saying. It's like, if it was a Pokemon 
engaging with that instead of just you and a bag of berries and a handful of pokeballs like you like i've got a bell sprout that i caught super early on you could just wrap that guy you can't run when you're wrapped so that prevents that from happening right there and it brings in actual strategy as opposed to just all right let me see i've got five raspberries left and 20 pokeballs and this is a level five that it's like literally you're catching Pokemon that you have no intention of keeping at all. And it's like, I remember from the anime, it was like Ash caught like a whole bunch of Tauros or something at some point. Like I never actually saw the episode that that happened. Oh, in. it was hilarious when they knocked down professor X fence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, he caught a whole bunch of Tauros and it was like, well, here's this field of Tauros that, you know, I'm like only going to use one one time when I go to the Indigo Plateau. But it's like there's no real rhyme or reason. And you're just like it just doesn't thematically fit the idea of it. And it bothers me more than it should just because I would rather have some kind of cohesive sense being made which is probably too much to ask from this, but, you know, some of the other Pokemon games have really stepped up, like, the ideas of, like, Pokemon shouldn't be used as tools for fighting and stuff, and I can see that really taking place in this, where you're not just going out and beating the hell out of random wild Pokemon, but, you know, there's, um, we'll see what comes next. As of, for now, I think we can both agree that this is a really fun remake of a classic that we both enjoyed many times over the years yeah exactly and then one thing to go into um the pokeball controller pokeball plus so one of the cool things you could do with it is actually use it as a poke walker and you can walk your pokemon that's in pokeball and uh train it so you can go for a stroll and then you can take that pokemon with you so if you go store and come back it actually gains experience and such and levels up while you're going on that stroll so that's pretty cool. And then obviously the ability to get Mew from it, which there, I was reading an article that says there's no other way to get Mew behind outside of a $50 paywall that is a Pokeball Plus. Wait, are you sure you can't just go and try to push that truck over uh, Cerulean City? No. It okay. No. The only I always heard that one. From, yeah, right, or right behind the ship. I want to see what a three-dimensional missing no looks like. If they left that exploit in they the game, didn't. that would be awesome. I'm so pissed. I actually, I tried to do some spoiler alert stuff for me, you know. Um, I was like, all right, let me go ahead and check and see if I can do the rare candy trick, like, down the road. No, they took that crap out. Like, if you're going to keep it classic and do a remake, I need my missing no. So, we'll see, man. Watch it be, like, behind a paywall. For $5, you can DLC missing no. Hey, Community, rise up. I know y'all still want Waluigi in Smash. Let's get a uh, missing no in Pokemon again. And crash all of our games. Yeah, it'd be perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Pokeball, uh, the actual Pokeball acts as a controller, so it's got two buttons and a joystick. So the actual like front button is a joystick, and it acts as your, uh, as your A button. And then the top acts as your B button. The only issue is like when you're going into certain areas within the game, it's like press x to do this and it's like i can't i only have two buttons and a that joystick seems like an oversight yeah so and then like trying to exit the game for example i mean there has to be a way to do this but if you're playing with a pokeball controller and you're like all right i'm done i want to go ahead and put my game into sleep mode 
I don't know how to do that because there's no home button. It's just literally two buttons and joysticks. So it's cool. And so these are like docked issues, obviously. I, I mostly play my Switch in handheld, so yeah. I never have these kind of issues. But yeah, I can imagine in docked mode, you really you have to get up and go over, put the Pokeball down, and then hit the power button on top of your console. Exactly. So that, that's the issue we've had on that. Um, but still, it's actually easier, in all honesty, to play with the Pokeball because you just there's no issues of accuracy or anything like that. If you're playing handheld mode, you have the issue of accuracy and potentially missing. And I don't know if you noticed, but like if you have a Jigglypuff, it bounces from side to side, and you I literally have to drill. And he was all over the yeah, place. Yeah, you have to like shift your body to catch it. But with the Pokeball Plus, it like if it moves, it moves with the camera. Mm-hmm. And you just toss your ball and that's it. It's always accurate. So it's like so much easier to play with that. Um, but I've been playing a handheld as well. I mean, you saw me playing a handheld the other night yeah, yeah. D. So um, I've been doing it both ways and I'm enjoying it. So have you um, noticed any? So I was going through Viridian Forest and I noticed some slowdown like where like for just a few moments, the game would kind of chug and everything would slow mo a little bit. Have you noticed anything like no, that? I haven't had any issues like that. So um yeah, but uh, I guess, really, I mean, like you said, we can both agree this game is fantastic so far. We'll have more updates next week. Um, I'm going to dead it. God, I might even have it beat by next week at the rate I'm going. Um, so we'll see. But overall, I'm Some of us it. still have uh, Red Dead to play, though, so yeah. we'll, 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 keep you, we'll keep you posted on that. But if John manages to beat that by next week, that'd be great. But in the meantime... I've just actually finished two games since our last podcast. I went ahead and beat Stick of Truth. I didn't do everything, but I absolutely loved it. And I absolutely love that the last few episodes of South Park this season have been fantastic. So I've loved the new episodes. I loved the game. I loved kind of running into Al Gore in the game and then seeing Al Gore come back this season. Man Bear Pig. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know what? I didn't encounter Man Bear Pig in the game. And I think that I kind of left the game pretty open to myself. Like I didn't do absolutely everything so that next time I go through, I can, you know, pick a new class and there will still be fun new things to do in the game that I haven't experienced. So I'm looking forward to another playthrough of that down the road. I'm really looking forward to picking up Fractured But Whole now. And uh, it was it was great. If you guys haven't played Stick of Truth, you like South Park, play Stick of Truth because it was phenomenal. And then just last weekend, me and the wife finished Prey uh, 2017 on the PS4. And I've been talking about that for a while. We've been working our way slowly through it. We only get to play games together on the weekends. So it's slow going for we're looking for the next title that we're going to pick up to play through. And I'll let you guys know what we decide on. But for now, Prey was fantastic. I've seen uh, some decent content on Prey in the past. I watched a really one of my favorite creators, Noah Caldwell Gervais, on YouTube he has a fantastic retrospective where he talks about the original Prey and then Prey 2017. And so I've seen that a long time ago. Didn't let my wife know that I knew all the spoilers from Prey 2017 and let us play the whole game without saying anything. And she was she was a little pissed at the end that I knew the twist and everything that happened. But um, 
it was a good time. And she kind of wants to go back and finish up the game and complete all the elements of it. I don't really feel compelled to do so. Uh, I've heard the DLC is pretty fun, but I just have so many other games on my plate right now. I can't really see myself going back and taking care of that. So I'll go ahead and let her do that aspect of it. And if I have any updates, I'll let you know. But if this was a title that you passed up, it's definitely a game that you could, you know, spend a whole weekend or just a couple of weeks going through and you'll have a good time with it. Um, there's a few things about it that I don't quite understand the choices behind, but it's not any kind of downpull to the game. Like there's just some mechanics where you find doubles of things that there's no reason really for there to be doubles unless you've missed wide swatches of things in the game and stuff like that. It just, it seems like they have some extra catch all in the system to make sure that no matter how you play it, you can actively take advantage of whatever you should be able to by that point in time, which is really cool. And the ability to change certain aspects, like we went through the whole game only doing human upgrades. Like we got the one Typhon upgrade that you have to do early on and we never did any other Typhon upgrade. So it's like, if this is a game I ever want to get back to again, we're definitely going to be able to play it in a whole different way with a whole different set of abilities. And it's it would really be another unique aspect to the experience with the choices that you can make. It was a really fun title. I had a really good time. Um, if you could pick it up, uh, probably, you know, I, I would say the game's at least worth, you know, a $35, $40 price of entry. Like, I'm not... I, I'm starting to shy away from some of those, like, launch prices a little bit because I spend too much time with John now. But, you know, if you can pick up for a reasonable cost... And you're looking for a fun shooter with some, you know, high sci-fi elements to it. This is definitely a title that you should pick up and play. Yeah, sounds good, man. I know you guys have been working on that one for uh, quite a while now. So, I we honestly haven't had anything that we've played mutually in a while. So, I should probably grab something off the shelf and uh, get on that. Um so, as far as completion goes, we didn't get to complete this. Uh, or actually, do you want to go into anything else before we go into our inflation deflation? Um, we I, talked a lot about Pokemon. That's the big news right now. Yeah, I think it was just mostly Pokemon. I knocked out um, Prey and Stick of Truth. Talked about the games I picked up. I, I think we're good to go, man. Sounds good, man. So... Yeah, we ended up doing our inflation deflation last week. Unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to record uh, because we were trying to figure out the computer, make sure our audio and everything was going right. It just wasn't. Finally got it figured out actually later that afternoon. We just never did get a chance to record. It would have been great, too. James would have been here. Yeah, he wants to do a recording with us. Um, we got to figure that out. It'd probably be via, like, Zencaster or something, so it'd be kind of awkward on that end, but might be able to loop him in and just have us both share a mic on that so we'll figure it out um and get them looped in on an episode here in the future but the three of us actually sat back and we played wampum on the nes 
Uh, if you're not familiar with Wampum, it's a platformer where you have a little Indian kid and also in the spirit of Thanksgiving. Obviously, that was one of the games we were playing. And um, he goes around with a spear and pokes things like enemies. There's diff- a variety of different enemies in the game, uh, like little mushroom people and like fireballs and phoenixes and all these crazy things all over the place. And uh, Ryan, are you, are you going to explain something? He's giving me the look right now. As far as the price point is concerned, um, we're looking at somewhere around 36 bucks loose for this game. And I don't know what I picked it up for. I think it was part of a lot a long time ago. Uh, so for me, it really didn't come out to anything at that point. Um, but to go back into gameplay, platformer, little Indian boy, uh, you run around different levels. Like there's a forest level, an ice level, a uh, fire level, and a few others. I think we got to, what was it, level four? I want to no, say. I think we got all the way up to level five out of like eight. I want to say there's like yeah, eight worlds, something like that. And it was super easy, actually. Like once we got the hang of it, seeing that we don't play a lot of platformers on the NES, um, we got the hang of it. I uh, think the last three games we've played have been platformers on the NES. Yeah, so we're getting better. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was, of course, jamming out and beat a couple bosses. Uh, I felt miserably every time the controller was handed to me. Yeah, and then James was struggling too. I was actually kind of surprised. I was banging through that with no issue. Um, so I beat a few of the bosses in that game for us, and it was actually a lot of fun. I I truly enjoyed my time playing that game. I felt the the artwork was great in it. The music was fantastic. The gameplay was on point. I didn't see any sort of lag in the game whatsoever. We were obviously playing it on an older TV, so that was good. Um and then I don't rec- did we ever get a game over? I don't recall her ever being. Yeah, a game we over. we got several game overs, but the thing is, you really don't lose anything for the game overs. It just kind of restarts your continues. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's pretty much what I got from it too. Like I didn't, I didn't catch us like dying, and it's like, no, you lost all your progress. Like we pretty much we'd beat a level if we died in the middle. It's like, all right, you got to restart the level. So we'd restart the level, and that was pretty much it. We just went through, beat it, and then just kind of grinded through each piece and each component of the game, which was pretty cool. I actually really did enjoy that for an NES game. Um, so I guess for me, I didn't really have any negatives outside of maybe the occasional, like when you're trying to jump over something, uh, there were a few difficult elements where you're trying to jump over something, and it's just your character is not making it across, or he kind of touches an enemy. Um, but overall, I felt that the usage of the weapons was good. The special abilities that you get after each boss was was pretty good. Um, the overall like elements within each level were great. Um, the platforming perspective of it was good, in my opinion. So for me, um, now I I normally wouldn't say this, but I would if this game came out. And granted, we haven't played it all the way through yet. So I don't know how long it is, but if there was a few more levels to it and kind of made it to where it was about the same kind of time consumption as like a modern day title, I'd pay 30 bucks for it, which is just a little under what it's valued at right now. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's definitely an interesting game. I struggled trying to play it, but, um, you know, we were kind of doing the once you die you know you hand off the controller so i kind of passed by a few times and while uh james and john were you know brute forcing their way through it and manhandling the platforming in the title for john i kind of looked into some of the history and this game's actually pretty unique so 
Wampum is the North American version of Sayuki World 2. Now, Sayuki World is also uh, known as Wonder Boy. And Wonder Boy in Monsterland was a Sega arcade game from the late 80s that has been adapted into Wampum over time. So it's this really interesting game that we got here in North America where you're playing as like a little Native American kid who looks a lot like uh, if you've ever seen Dragon Ball, uh, Go- Kid Goku, he runs into that little like Native American kid and that looks pretty much like Wampum. And the interesting kind of tie-in there is that uh, Sayuki World or Wonder Boy is based off of uh, the like Journey to the West, which is the classic uh, The Monkey King tale from Chinese mythology. And so that is like Son Goku and then Goku from Dragon Ball Z into or into dragon ball and tied in with that kid from the series and then to wampum like i'm wondering if all this kind of stuff kind of ties in together somehow but you know no matter how you look at it we've got some sequel to a game that was never released here with assets that were changed and it's only the main character asset that was changed like everything else from the game is like pretty much just like the original title so it's it's this weird amalgamation of like what's gonna sell in the west i don't know let's just make some native american kid and just replace the main character with that and that'll be sufficient like it's so weird to go back and play one of these old titles that literally has nothing to do with how it was marketed here it was just marketed here by changing the box art and one sprite in the game. And, you know, you're picking up uh, power-ups that are like a samurai shogun helmet. And it's like, it makes absolutely no sense. Wampum? Now that you, now that you mention it, man, I, I do recall, yeah, we were picking up like shogun stuff and it's like, that literally makes no sense. Yeah. Now, Grant, you aren't wearing it. Like, it's not no, yeah, on you. Yeah, it doesn't modify your sprite or anything, but it grants you, like, an extra armor for a little bit or maybe some invulnerability for a short time. But, you know, it's weird the way that, like, they used to tackle the localization thing versus how it's tackled nowadays. And it's, um, you know, I mean... It may not be the most tasteful adaptation nowadays, but as far as just a game goes, it was a good game. Like it was really well done. The sprite work was totally on point. Um, I'm just bad at platformers, so uh, you know I won't weigh in too heavily on the difficulty. Like so- some of the jumps were hard for me, but John was obviously able to do it, and we learned from uh, Porky a couple weeks ago that John bests me at platformers every time. So I'll let him take the gameplay aspect of that. We discussed Porky Pig too, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. We said it was at that price point. It was worth it. Um, 
Yeah, we need to get you some more platformers. So maybe that's what we do next week. We haven't decided on an inflation deflation for next week. We just haven't talked about it. Busy day today um, with our Friendsgiving that we have with some of our friends. So uh, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll figure something out and we'll bring it up before the next episode. We'll probably mention on Facebook, on Instagram. We'll find something. Yeah, we'll we'll get it all going. But as far as this week, um. So you're saying that you think it's worth it at the 36 price? Not at 36, and there's some contingencies to it. If it was a few more levels, and yeah, if it was a few more levels long, I mean, we haven't fully played it yet, so I don't know how long this game would take us typically. Well, I mean, there's a few more levels that we haven't beaten. Does that count as a few more levels? No. I'm saying like if there were like 10 or 12 levels type of thing. Um, I would say at 30 bucks. I would, if this game came out today... So if it was a longer game for a cheaper <clears throat> price, it would be worth it. Of course. That's how it should be, right? No, if it came <laughs> out today... I'm looking from the perspective, if it, if it were to come out on the Switch, for example, as a new title, would I pick this game up for 30 bucks? At the end of the day, I would probably pick this game up for 30 bucks. I wouldn't pay 40 or anything close to that, because 36 after tax would be 40 Um, I would get it for 30 And it would have to have a couple more levels. I, I'm jaded now. I just picked up three, well, two and a half well-rated Steam games for under $4. I'm going to say that Wampum, while having an interesting history, and I, I pulled up a couple wikis here. I mean, I'm not going to take the time to go through it because we're already running a bit longer than we thought we would today. But if you want to know the history of Wampum and Sayuki World and um, Wonder Boy and Monsterland... It, it's an interesting read. Go ahead and check it out, but you know you can read the best parts of this online for free, in my opinion. I am going to say that I definitely don't think it's worth the 36 bucks loose, so I'm going to go ahead and say this is inflated. What would you, uh, what would you pay for it? I would pay $1.09. You're killing me. If this was rated a 9 out of 10 on Steam. You're killing me. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, I don't have anything else to really discuss today. We're going to play some more Pokemon, grind out some levels. Um, hopefully Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving if you celebrate that in America. Well, after playing Wampum, I don't know how I feel about that. There has to be some samurai some samurai memorabilia going on during Thanksgiving. Get, your, get your sushi and your turkey... And your mashed potatoes and wasabi. Sush turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat raw turkey. I did that once. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That'd be a bad idea. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for listening. We'll have an inflation deflation for you pretty soon. Uh, this has been the Game Deflators Season 2, Episode 6. I'm have John. a good one, folks. Oh, you interrupted me, dude. I'm John. I'm Ryan. And we're the Game Deflators. <laughs>